0: Hi, this is Jerry Conway, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, Paul Jenkins, JMD Mateus, Rob Rodriguez, Jim Salakrep, Danny Fingeroth, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk.
1: Welcome to The Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavosdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
0: And I am Mark Giannacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. The chase that is now complete.
1: Yeah, rub it in, Mark. Rub it in.
0: Well, you know, I feel like this is the first show we've done since that news has firmly been revealed, so we can do that.
1: Okay. Well, congratulations, Mark. (laughs) There's no bitterness here at all.
0: No, no, no. Continue with the podcast, Dan.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us for the ninth episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe, which is now a comic multiverse, in a bit of a bigger picture.
0: Yes, so blessed out your parallel Earth uh, knowledge, because for this episode we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number nine, the first chapter of Spider-Verse, by Dan Slott. Uh, olivier Coppel and justin Ponzer answering some fan mail giving away prizes discussing spider news and then ending our discussion with this with amazing spider-man number 30 volume two by j michael straczynski and john ramita jr which some of you might know is the first appearance of moreland one of my favorites oh yeah
1: remember if you hear this sound Please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, we've got all these different dimensions to discuss, so let's get right into it. Amazing Spider-Man number nine.
0: Amazing Spider-Man number nine Spider-Verse is kicked off after um, what seems like they've been hyping this event since before amazing Spider-Man rebooted in April. Um, I think, yeah, we, we got that teaser image, I think when during superior. So <laughs> uh, this is what they've been building for. And, you know, we've, we've been a little uh, unsatisfied with uh, the direction of the book lately. It kind of feels like it's, it's kind of rudderless, not a lot of direction going on. And, you know, I got to say, uh, granted this is a first issue there's some setup they're moving chess pieces around but man does this book have a direction again um, this 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 felt like the spider-man comic uh, that I liked reading back in the superior days where stuff is happening we're introducing characters we're seeing characters interact um, you know major major implications and it, you know for the first time in months Dan I put a, a, a spider-man comic book down and it was like, Oh my goodness! I don't know if I can wait two weeks.
1: Yeah, I felt the same way. You know, when I first opened this book, there's an image of Peter lying in bed, and he gets a phone call from Jonah telling him to go and get take pictures. And I thought to myself, "Holy moly, is this the reboot I've been hoping for?" Like, and <laughs> like it, it, the whole thing just read, except for those little like winks and nods to the that that it wasn't actually Peter. I was like. This reads like the Peter Parker that I love. It's back, and then of course I was betrayed by it being the Spider Moon Man, uh, <laughs> which I guess I didn't see coming. Um, but uh, man, just from the very beginning, I was like, "This." There's actual care and and um, and skill put into the creation of this story and dialogue.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's talk about that opener um, here in terms of. You know, in the in the past couple of episodes, we talked about these these death the death lists of Spider Verse. You know, we had the uh, amazing friends get killed, and then Spider Girl's parents. Uh, you know, alternative Peter and MJ, and you know, we kind of talked about how like they kind of just seemed something a little cheap and, and 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 dishonest and almost a little trollish about how those actions went. But you know, here, here, I mean, essentially, we we have that beat again. You know, we're introducing a character just to become food for the inheritors. But th- there was this was just so much more inspired and fun and playful. And and this this you know, I feel like if if these deaths were kind of treated like this earlier, that you know, I wouldn't be saying things like, oh, it's lost its impact, or oh, they're just doing this to get a rise out of fans. I mean, like this is this there's a lot of craftsmanship and how this it's it's very clever the the way the way the reveals are unraveled um this the, you know this is how you got to do these kind of scenes if you're if you're dancing a lot at this point in my opinion
1: i mean i do think that it's a bit of a retread but i mean it may just been Koypel's artwork is so dynamic and like that standoff is so wonderful um that made it all the more enjoyable like moreland looks great in this sequence and uh and I, I, yeah, I just loved it. Um, although I will say, you know, Peter Parker, let's not forget that Peter Parker was no chump pushover to Moreland the first time that he saw him. Like he fought him for like, what, like probably like a day or two, just like solid fighting. But all of these Spider-Men are such pushovers. Like, yeah,
0: because they're not the true spider Man. Dan. We'll talk about
1: that. OK, yeah, I know I get that. But like, come on. Like have really, a little bit of a of a struggle. Like Merlin just walks over and breaks this guy neck.
0: I, I I mean, that doesn't bother me at this point because I'm expecting a different kind of payoff. Now granted if we don't get that payoff, then I'll be like, Oh yeah, that was kinda lame. But um, you know, put a pin in that.
1: Alright, yeah, no, it's not a big deal for me. I'm just like thinking to myself, like, can any of these guys at least stand up to this guy?
0: I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, poor poor moon man, Peter. Um yeah, I mean, Quipel's art is just gorgeous throughout, and we'll talk about it a bunch over the course of this episode. But I, I do think that the, the script had a lot to do with the, the joyfulness of how this scene played out because that's really what it was. It was joyful. It was like the way the way it kind of like un, unfurled, layer, you know, bit by bit and panel by panel. And yeah, that's the, obviously the art is driving that, but you know. I, I do feel the script was responsible too, and how how Dan kind of weaved that together. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was it just felt more lively and inspired, like a, like a confident, you know. Like like you know, Dan Slott wasn't, a, I, you know, you got to think, you you almost have to wonder, you know. Slot likes to talk about himself as history's greatest monster, but you know, he's he's got to know when he's writing some of these other bits that he's going to be pissing people off, and you know, does he want to deal with the flack? You know, this was a guy who. Got very upset and defensive with some of the stuff that happened after Amazing Spider-Man 700, and rightly so. But you know, like, like, you know, you can only play the play the Bond villain for so long before you know, like, um, before it starts to get to you. So with this, it's it just felt very confident. You know, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to introduce this. I'm going to I'm going to pull one over on you, and then we're going to get into the real story. And I just I, I just really liked how he set that up.
1: So let's talk about the next scene that we go to, which is Moreland returning back to the whatever dimension or plane it is that the Inquisitors uh, occupy with um, the great Weaver, as we learned several issues back. Um, And uh, we see some interesting characterization of Moreland. What did you think about that, Mark?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, he he is definitely uh, procrastinating about coming to the old 616, um, which I think is really cool because, you know, this guy has lost twice before to, to 616 Spider-Man and, and, and just the dynamic between and, – and we saw this in prior issues too, but I, I really feel like it got sold well in this issue, the dynamic between – all of the different inheritors, the fact that it's, and, and I'm going to say the name wrong, it's, it's Deimos, Damon's. Yeah, that Deimos is what I'm calling him. Okay, let's, well, for consistency, we'll, we'll settle on that, you know, kind of goading Morlin, like, you know, what what's the matter, brother? You know, like, what you know, why can't you go do this? It, 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 like, I like that these, that these characters have these distinct personalities and these flaws. And, and, you know, it, it also is setting the stage for, you know their master plan to ultimately unravel, which I think is good because not that you want to tease that the good guys are going to win, but you know the inheritors for the most part are being depicted as so powerful and so deadly that you know if you don't at least you know if you if if you don't know about the hole in the Death Star, you know what hope is there at the end of Star Wars, right? You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I mean it, you know it would be it's a it's a one in a million shot, but it's still a shot. And, and I feel like that the the dissension amongst the inheritors is what's going to be their ultimate undoing. And I like that that's being planted here.
1: Yeah, well, we haven't seen Karn for a little while, um, and there's some interesting theories going around on the internet that he might be like the Peter Parker of their universe. But that would be very strange to me. Mm. Um, hmm. But uh, what I what I what I wanted to say about this is I continue to just love. The, how the mechanics of all this works? It seems very clear to me now about how all, everything works out. Although I, one thing I am curious about is what is the motivation uh, for uh, the Inquisitors to be doing what they're doing right now?
0: Yeah, why is now the time?
1: Yeah, what and why uh, Spider Totems? We're going to talk about this in you know our, our when we talk about the older issue with the first appearance of Moreland, but, you know, he seems to be driving a lot of energy from other things. So why are they after spiders, particularly? And I'm I'm guessing it's probably just some retroactive rewriting of the character, which, you know, all villains go through. But I I do want to know what is so imperative to them to be doing this all at once.
0: I mean, could it just be the awakening of Cindy?
1: Um, yeah. I guess we're gonna find out about that um, this this other the bride and the sky on
0: yeah, yeah definitely some high level mysticism here. <laughs> what did you think about Verna and her hounds? ooh terrifying right I mean yeah. it, it, it just just the so I you know and at first when when she brought them out I'm like, are these like supposed to be dead people because it was what it was silver sable Craven and who was the third Puma. Um, Puma is Puma is Thomas Fireheart
1: dead? Uh, I don't
0: think so. Yeah. So. So the, yeah. So that's I think that was the giveaway. I was like, well, no. I mean, and I know Craven has been back, but I mean, whatever. He's 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 dead. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's dead enough. He's
1: technically not.
0: <laughs> he's technically not not dead, but <laughs> I don't know what he is. But
1: wait, no, dead. didn't he die in Scarlet Spider?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm like trying to remember. No, uh, uh, I don't remember the that that book. That book feels like forever ago. Yeah. I don't think he died. I think it was like Cain was like, "I'm not gonna kill you," but
1: yeah, I, am gonna, I guess like, you're right.
0: Gonna punch you in the heart and freak you out or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, Either way, they're just villains pulled from other dimensions. Yes,
0: yes, and Silver Sable. I mean, are we counting her as a villain now?
1: Okay, maybe not. Uh, in some lights.
0: But you know this is this is finally a silver sable I can get behind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful characterization
0: there we go. just make her a, a, a bloodthirsty hound no I mean like these are these are all the little things that that have gone into these these characters like like you know on top of wanting to read this comic again in two weeks, you know to find out what happens next like this is th- these are the first batches of villains that I've really wanted to see get theirs because there is this so much care going into um, just making these guys out to just be diabolically evil, you know, like like they're just killing and and life for sucking, but, you know, they're they're they they believe they're justified, which is always one of the big big things with a with a well crafted villain. You know, it's like they're not just doing this to, to be goofballs, but they're making it a sport which just kind of cheapens it. Uh, they have these hideous, terrifying hounds. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, probably the last time I cared this much about a villain was Doc Ock as, Sp- as Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> like. <laughs> and then we were made to, like, have to like him because, you know, the book was too popular. So God forbid we admit that he was evil and did a terrible thing, you know? <laughs> um,
1: but let's, get, let's talk about our lead man, uh, the one yes. we care about. Who makes a very uh, naked appearance in this book?
0: Yes, we got some butt, some Parker butt.
1: I never thought I'd hear you say that, Mark.
0: Some Parker butt. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Sorry. I guess
1: I guess both story arcs here have opened with Peter's butt on display.
0: Yeah, and you know. <laughs> And we, I mean, we did have you know web webbed up undies in in Amazing Spider-Man number one, but so so definitely we definitely this definitely seems to be something going on with nude Spider-Man since the reboot. Um,
1: I loved it. You know what? For for all the women that we see kind of objectified in comics, it's nice to have Peter be objectified for once.
0: Oh yeah, but um, it does worth noting here that in this scene, like Silk is. Silk is being very suggestive I feel with with Peter so. Yeah, well, you know what? But, I, but not but not but not over the top and I, and I know we'll get to that but I'm just saying like it, there there was definitely some some suggestive positioning in those panels. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> yeah,
1: well there there's I mean, I I'll tell you what. Reading this scene, I was like, "This might be the best sexual tension in comics that maybe I've ever read." Like Oh yeah. The way it's yeah. drawn is so wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's it's not like, you know, <laughs> That Spider Woman cover, where it's like weird anatomy or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, like there, there was some tension to it, like real tension, not just like oh they're 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 making out with each other tension, like like you know, look how she's sitting, look how he's sitting. I mean, it was kind of like oh. Um, I mean, the writing
1: yeah. is good, but I think the art is really what makes that work.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we're going to see as the book goes along, since it sounds like Kamakoli is going to take over after a few issues. Is that true? Yeah. I don't know if it's a deadline issue or what, hmm. but yeah. So
1: <laughs> I thought I thought he was going through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I think he was supposed to, but it looks like if you look at the solicitations, uh, Kamo's got, um, I think, the last two parts. Oh,
1: did not know that. That's interesting. I mean, I'm yeah. not disappointed. A little yeah. bit, but...
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't feel like with Goblin Nation, the art was the issue, you know? So yeah. Um, so let's so,
1: talk about this this relationship with Cindy.
0: Uh, she has some choice words for Peter. Yeah, she wants him to get out of town, which is like really brassy. I mean, you know, like I'm still not totally sold on this character as like someone that I need to see issue in and issue out. And I know for the purposes of the story, we obviously need to get a lot of her because I think she's going to play a key role in, to, you know, that, that why and why now question you were asking. Um, but. You know, like as you not to jump ahead, but as this as this issue kind of you know progress, you know the stuff with Cindy. Like I, I I'm now maybe seeing and maybe I'm over reading, but you know there seems to be a purpose behind all of this seemingly seeming Peter bashing we've been getting over the last few months. It's like you know, and, and and the character himself is still kind of playing himself as an insecure joke, but um, you know the the setup of spider verse is that these characters are drawn to him because you know, he's, he's the one he's, 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 he's the, he's the best, you know, he's the best of them all. And I think, you know, I think hopefully what they're, what they're going to try to set out to do is, well, okay, why is that the case? And now he needs to go prove it kind of like what he did in Spider Island, you know, like uh, I did this, you know? And, and so Cindy kind of coming around and like dismissing him. It's like, I, I feel like those were words that, We'll come back to haunt her because I'm assuming that the setup is going to be, she's going to need him very desperately at some point.
1: I that hope, I hope so. Uh, my my big fear, and I agree with you, Mark. I think that's where this is headed. My yeah. only fear is that like, it turns out that like Peter Parker is the scion, or, or whatever it is, the Scion, or whatever, and yeah. like he's like fated to do this. I don't want that. I want him to earn his place as the the one spider-man by something he does like a, something that's unique to peter
0: um yeah. which is that's why how,
1: I, that's how he defeated more the last time
0: yes yeah he, he earned it he proved it um and and not for nothing this is that's a that's an ending we didn't get in superior that we thought we would get as well right so which made me think at one point, you know, I, I and I don't know if I said this on the show or on my website or both, but you know, when I was reading one of those last ep- issues of Superior, the the, the Spider Verse issues, there was a part of me that was like, why is it? Why wasn't this the finale to Superior? Because this feels like that's where it's setting. You know what I mean? Like, like how else are you going to prove who's the true Spider Man by like bringing everyone ever in and have Doc undone by his his over-reliance on science and his ego and all that, you know, whereas Peter earns it in a different way, you know, where, so yeah, we need, we need this. I I agree with you. We, we, this, this can't just be like something that, you know, you know, rubs two sticks together and it happens for him, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, apparently we're getting superior reappearing in the next uh, issue. So maybe, and hopefully this will end up being like the end of the superior era, um, one one can hope that, that it'll be addressed and and dealt with
0: yeah because i'm um, guessing i mean i wonder for timeline purposes if it's going to be superior from the 2099 timeline
1: yeah and then he goes back in time again you know um maybe we'll be provided more context for his decision for giving up um right i, I don't know i i can i could hope so and i and i would accept some retroactive continuity changes um if it you know ends up making the superior era mean more, right? In the long run, um, but yeah, I know I, I'm hopeful. I, I agree with you. I think it does seem for a reason that he's being portrayed the way that he's been portrayed. At least here, it does. I'm willing to give Dan Slott some more time to prove that he had something in mind. Um, yeah. Although it is painful to see like Peter go and fight the you know. Um, The the, his like henchmen and with the tank and have silk take out the tank and him just kick the looter in the face and only to be pointed out that he could have done more. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't bother me that much.
0: We got to see where it goes. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm finally starting to see a purpose to some of that characterization. I guess that's what it boils down to. And, and you know, we could be speculating and if we speculate wrong it it will certainly sour my opinion on things but you know i i feel like there are enough hints being dropped where it might be going in a direction that i'm more in favor of so yeah
1: there's um, even there's even that line from silk where she's like uh we were uh peter brings up the doc ock era and she's yeah. like stop talking about that it's all too complicated and i yeah. was like no no i want to talk about that
0: yeah well that that I yeah, that I don't know exactly exactly what they're going for with that, but um unless they're just trying to put a pin in something, I don't know, yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about uh Peter meeting with all the other spider men,
1: okay, so um Peter, you know, after this little battle with the looter, bumps into. Well, basically, all of the Spider-Men that we've been seeing through the Edge of the Spider-Verse stories and the Superior Spider-Man stories as their kind of army is growing. And uh, they're there to finally let Peter in on the deal as like the last guy pretty much (laughs) to find out about it. Um, uh, Because as Mark mentioned earlier, he's the most important one. Um, And they go into this alternate dimension where we meet, a really cool concept. Mark, do you want to talk about that?
0: We're talking about Cosmic Spider-Man here, right? <laughs> yeah, I love this.
1: I thought that yeah. was really
0: neat. Yeah, I mean, when, when I when I saw the teaser for Spider-Verse all those months ago and then kind of saw where the story was going, a part of me was wondering, so where is Cosmic Spider-Man going to fit in? And I just like how Peter is like, so why don't you just, you know, use your powers and boom, it's done. It's like, ah, no, we got rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry. Like, it's like
1: that scene in Inception where, yeah. it's like, okay, these are the rules of how this is going to go. And yeah. uh, I thought it was handled pretty well. It wasn't super clunky. I mean, there's moments where he's like, I'll, you know, I'll come and support you guys if you really need me, but I'll lose my powers. And I was like, well, there's Chekhov's gun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, we could see him going down and that being like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> um, but just I again, you know similar with the inheritor stuff, I mean all the interactions like you know we're not just' he's, we're not just gonna I, I like that we're not throwing all these characters together and they're all gonna sound the same you know like these these characters are distinguished from each other and and there was like a crazy amount of warmth in these little exchanges. You know, like like the whole like the the line that I got. I mean it's a cliched line, but it got me because of the setup was when, you know, Mayday is there with the brother and, you know, this he's all I got left and Spider hand Spider you know, the joke character is like, No, no, we're all we're all we're all together now. We're all family, you know? And it was like it's like this you know, these these are there's a sense that these characters have been through, you know, Bring through the ringer together, and 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 the thing is, this war is hasn't even technically started yet.
1: Yeah, I'm expecting a high body count.
0: I mean, talk about like this kind of coming of war, Dan. I mean, like this is this this feels like this feels big. This feels bigger than Goblin Nation in terms of how they're like trying to you know establish the teams, right?
1: Yeah, well, I like that. Like each side has their own home base now. With like some godly character that exists there. That can like seemingly really only operate in in that realm. And uh, and both of them can retreat there and launch things from there. I, you know, I, I'm excited to see this. I, and I hope this all doesn't just take place in, in 616 Earth. I want to see them jumping around dimension to dimension, chasing each other. Um, I mean, all the, the B titles... You know seemed to su- suggest that everybody will be splitting up into yeah. separate teams, right. um, probably to tackle a different member of the family yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just like that they're both armies like this issue to me was just an introduction to both armies. It was like, these are the forces, get ready for them to clash.
0: Um, In- but even, I mean but even with characters that we know I felt that the some of the reintroductions were, were strong Kane. I loved Kane's introduction in this issue.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great too with him fighting off Demos.
0: Yeah. I mean just really inspired, you know, the 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 line about protecting the children again like it, it, it you know, it's it's defining Cain in a certain way. You know, like he's not just the demented clone. You know, like he he's got this sense of ownership and guilt of his own kind. He's you know he has no responsibility, but he has guilt. You know, and 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 I feel like that got tapped into here. Um, it, I even want
1: to know what's going on with the other, and I don't think I've said that sentence in like ten years.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when they kind of revisited it in Scarlet Spider. You know, they, it was kind of used at a convenience. You know, like they they used it, then they didn't, then they did, then they didn't, and you know, the upshot was what? I don't know.
1: Well, maybe right? maybe this story. I'm hoping this story can wrap up what the other was all about and what the whole Moreland thing. I I also really just want to know how did Moreland come back to life twice? Um, I mean, I guess the Great Weaver could maybe weave him back to life
0: comics dan
1: yeah i know but yeah what an actual reason (laughs) because like if that's the case then i can imagine this story ends with the great weaver weaving everyone who's died back to life
0: the great weaver weaves a snow globe yeah everyone's inside the snow globe
1: right there you go it's lost
0: well no that was uh elsewhere i believe was the snow globe
1: oh no no but people also suspected lost could be in a snow globe
0: Oh, I see. I see. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine, you idiot. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I'm actually referencing the the actual original. Yeah, reference.
1: yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know what that
0: was. So yeah, you're smarter yeah. than me. Who? So the backup story. We're getting more inheritor fun, right?
1: yeah i thought this was really chilling but like also again you know like we haven't seen we have the spider-man like on death's door like struggling to fight you know uh and i was like yeah
0: yeah yeah oh i we did jump over the ending of the front story which brings back one of your favorite spider-man oh miles morales so were you one of the very nerdy people who got upset by the missing one in the Earth designation for Ultimate?
1: Uh, no, but I'm a, the nerdy person because I didn't know that. Um, I'm the nerdy person that got upset about the lettering in this.
0: Okay, I, you know what? Like, I find your nerdiness to be like more acceptable. I mean, maybe <laughs> it, it was a type. I mean, the the, the, the response from like like Tom Revor got like a bunch of the questions about that in his um tumblr feed did he get
1: questions about the lettering
0: no 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 just the earth designation because i guess it was 610 and it's supposed to be 1610 yeah and um he kind of dismissed it as like he was just ripping on nick lowe in in his answers like all day just for random things like you know and they clearly have some kind of inside thing going on um so i don't ultimately know if it was supposed to be a typo or if this is actually not
1: They've they've said that it was a typo. Uh, Nicolo and Slot both said it was a typo and that it was different in the script. So the letterer made a mistake.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: But for listeners who don't know, my problem with the lettering in the Miles Morales sequences, if it is the ultimate universe, which it seems to be – The Ultimate Universe's text dialogue uses both uppercase and lowercase lettering. And here it was all uppercase. And I guess the real place you could see this um, portrayed the best is in the Spider-Man series. Where, like, depending on what universe they're in, it changes. um, Which I thought was a really, like, awesome, you know, use of lettering. Uh, But maybe someone didn't let in the letterer here know what was going on with that um i mean it's not a big deal but this, Man, is, this is me you ruined being incredibly everything. nerdy you this ruined, might,
0: christmas. This you ruined my, christmas
1: this might be the nerdiest i've been on this show ever
0: okay so what you're saying is that the letter oh, sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dan um so i cut i cut you off with the b story was there anything else you wanted to add to that i mean i feel like the way we've talked about this issue we're kind of like jumping forwards and backwards and around. So I don't, you know.
1: Yeah, I think we've said, I mean, the Beast story really, it's just a lot of talking over dinner, establishing more about the Inquisitors. But what I did like in the final moments of this story, other than the Spider-Man fighting, you know, back, is that like each one of the Inquisitors um, makes a statement about what the great web or the great Weaver and their mission means to them. And they all have very different ideologies about um, what it means to them, and, and and it really helps establish their characters. But even more so, like you said earlier, Mark, it really shows potential room for unraveling um, of their team.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I I think when you're dealing with a threat this dire and this supposedly insurmountable, you, you know, you need the hole, in the, you you need the the wombat. The with the the wampa. What, 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 come on, Star Wars nerd, help me out here. The, the little little thing that Luke would shoot on Tatooine.
1: Oh, uh, uh, he used to shoot Womp rats.
0: Womp rats, thank and you. And
1: he's T sixteen back home. Yeah. they're no more than a meter wide.
0: Yes, there we go. We need we need that meter wide sized hole in the core of the Death Star. You know, like to give us hope because otherwise, you know. It, the, the, if and when the heroes succeed it's not going to be it's not going to feel earned it's not going to feel believable you know what i mean like so anyway that's just me and womp rats
1: okay thank you for that nice little <laughs> diatribe <laughs> that that managed to uncover more of my nerdiness
0: there you go well you know the the, the force awakens dan
1: <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> That's a podcast for another day. Yeah. So, Dan, you want to jump to a grade?
1: Sure, sure. Th- this thing gets an A- for me. It might be a little high, but, like, man, that artwork. And, man, for, like, it takes a lot to get me to go from I don't really care about reading Spider-Man anymore for me to go I can't wait to read Spider-Man again. So yeah. A-. minus.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dan, I think in my heart I agree with you, but I'm going to give this a B plus only because we I've kind of been fooled by Dan Slot before with opening chapters. I thought uh, Learning to Crawl was going to be really interesting after its first chapter. I thought the new reboot was going to be really great after its first chapter. So, um, rather than just kind of you know throw my arms around it and kiss the story, I'm just going to be like B plus, which means I liked it a lot, but I still have some reservations. And, you know, and I want to see I want to see it continue. That's what it boils down to. I want to see this continue.
1: I will. If, I will say though, Mark, and see, I don't know if you back me up on this. This very clearly does not seem like an ends of the earth level story.
0: No, this seems much more sophisticated. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I I I I agree. I mean, I I I think this was a better opening chapter than Spider Island, and I ultimately like Spider Island. Yeah, I, mean, I love Spider Island. Spider Island just. Closed wonderfully You know what I mean Like the, the last few issues Were like a freight train You know what I mean Just storming through Yeah
1: like, I thought it was A bit of a mess at, In part But yeah it, Those last two parts Are really outstanding
0: Um So yeah Um B plus for me With 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 room to go higher, if you know this, this would be one of those ones I could retroactively raise it if the rest of the series comes through. How does that sound? That
1: sounds great. So let's um, let's talk about some some of your comments and emails.
0: Okay, so now is the time of the show where we uh, read some of your comments on iTunes and Stitcher and also respond to some of your emails. Uh, in terms of your comments, uh, you can, of course, find Amazing Spider Talk on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search on Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man will come up pretty quickly. Uh, and when you do, we'd love if you could uh, review and rate us uh, because that's really how we grow as a community with your, with your ratings and reviews. Uh, and if you want to shoot us an email, you can of course get us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com. dot uh, well, let's start with some comments. Uh, the first comment is by Jay Thompson six five seven seven. Good conversation on one of my favorites. Five out of five stars. And and Jay Thompson writes, I've been a Spider Man fan literally for as long as I can remember. So it's fun to hear other fans talk about the webhead. The hosts are longtime readers and collectors with a large knowledge base that they share with you. It also helps that they maintain a fun and upbeat presentation, which is no mean feat with the inconsistent quality of ASM at the moment. Give them a try. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Jay Thompson. Yes. Um, Our next comment comes from Alan slash Falcon. I don't know if this is two people or whether Alan is a Falcon and has somehow managed to type in these words.
0: Maybe he's Sam Wilson's half-brother or something? or
1: Oh, yeah. That's actually a good idea. Okay. We go. We'll go Maybe that. he's taking over the mantle now that Sam Wilson is Captain America.
0: America. Ah.
1: <laughs> Either way, this ambiguous person or persons writes, Spectacular show, five out of five. Uh, it's crazy. I started listening to this podcast to have something Webhead related to listen to while playing the Spider-Man Unlimited game. The Spider-Gwen interview episode got me buying Spidey Comics again, and now I'm playing Unlimited, listening to the podcast, and then they talk about the game. Even as Spider-Gwen is announced as coming to the game, everything's coming up Spider-Verse. But really, this show is just so much fun and interesting and insightful. Thank you, Dan and Mark, so much. I've even subscribed to Marvel Unlimited to follow along with your older discussions about Superior Spider-Man, and I simply love your take on the series and character, and it's like an incredible value add to my Unlimited subscription. Marvel needs to sponsor you guys, because you certainly cause them to get a bunch of my hard-earned money. Two thumbs up.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> we're, nev- we're never going to be sponsored by Marvel, but we like the idea that uh, you think that that might be... Something that could happen. Who knows?
0: <laughs> and we're we're happy to 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 help you. And I still have not played Spider-Man Unlimited. My actual current social Marvel game addiction is Marvel Puzzle Quest. You're you're uh, missing
1: out, Mark, on on know, on something that will slowly steal your soul.
0: See, I like I, I like things that are more like uh, what do you call it? Candy Crush instead of uh, runners. You know uh, the, the the so that's that's why Puzzle Quest works for me. Plus, I get to build up cards. Yeah, I have well, level 17 there's... Iron Man <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well guess what I have a level 90 a- Armored Spider-Man In Spider-Man Unlimited so.
0: I gotta play this game That sounds too good to be true <laughs> It's awesome uh, <laughs> um, So now we got some emails right Dan
1: Alright yeah we have some emails So our first email do you want to take it away Mark
0: Yeah I'll take this one uh, This is from a good friend of the show Tom Aiello Who's also a, a member of our fan club uh, and Tom writes, where do you think Spidey fits in as a leader compared to the likes of Captain America, Wolverine, and Iron Man? He's talking about this in reference to the uh, Spider-Man and X-Men uh, series that's going to launch next month with um, Spidey teaching at the Jean Grey School. Um, so Spidey as a leader, Dan, what do you think?
1: I mean, I think in a pinch, like, that's he's fine. And I think we'll find out in, in uh, Spider-Verse how good of a leader he is. But I mean... I, I think Sp- Spider-Man can barely handle himself, uh, <laughs> you know, rushing headlong into battles and things like that. I've always just – I like him best as a solo character. So yeah, I, I think he could be, but uh, I'm not really sold on it.
0: I mean his leadership has always seems to be called into question. I mean I do question Wolverine being part of that list. I mean I know Wolverine taught at the Jean Grey School, which is kind of the whole point, you know, why Spidey's going to be taking over because of the death of Wolverine. But I mean, Wolverine's kind of a. I mean, his whole gimmick is that he's you know this lone wolf who does what he does its best. Uh, But Captain America, Iron Man are are obviously leaders. um, You know, but I mean, Spider Man doesn't really compare to them. But
1: Uh, whenever he's put into a leadership position, they just kind of make fun of him.
0: Yeah, well, they all, I mean, the Avengers make fun of him, but even like in books like Maximum Carnage, where he's you know kind of leading that ragtag bunch, it's like you know his his leadership is constantly called into question. It's like he's always kind of, and and Spider-Man is one of those great characters that's kind of always proven right in the end because of his uh, his his moral standing, but like he never gets the credit as being a leader. You know? Yeah. Um, what about this next question, Dan?
1: All right, our next question is from Dennis Mercer. Um, and he writes, now that Spider-Verse is upon us, what are your favorite Spider-Man crossover? He thinks that Spider-Island is a high watermark, And, M- Mark, I think you and I would agree about that, yeah?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you're talking about a crossover that's specifically emanates out of the pages of Spider-Man, then, you, yeah, we're talking about um, Spider-Island. We're talking about um, maximum, maximum Carnage. carnage. Um, did the other kind of crawl into other not really it was really just spider-man books um i mean technically maximum carnage was too i mean it was like
1: round robin maybe yeah i guess i didn't really have crossovers that's the thing there hasn't been a lot of these yeah Uh, no this is a relatively new thing i think you pretty much got spider island
0: um, but what about what? What if we bring in Spider-Man stories as they relate to larger Marvel crossovers? Okay, like, yeah, that sounds fine. Um, like, what are some of your favorites, Dan?
1: I love Spider-Man's part of Civil War. Um, I mean that that seems like the biggest event where he's a key player in it. Yeah, and um, you know, specifically the sequences where he like takes on Iron Man and 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 just his whole moral story of him like rejecting his role in the pro registration uh group i i thought was really dramatically compelling there's the sequence where he fights captain america Mm. and it's kind of very torn about it um you know these things were all really wonderful i thought
0: yeah i mean i think for me um i mean civil war is great one i don't think gets a lot of credit is acts of vengeance which i mean actually kind of uh plays into that cosmic spider-man storyline that we were referring to earlier because i mean the whole thing with that of vengeance was you know it was this big marvel event in the late 80s and it was that everyone you know all the villains get together and they're like hey you know magneto you you, you haven't been successful against the x-men and, and and doom you haven't been great with fantastic four so let's just all fight other heroes and it's so like oh yeah like uh done and it's simplicity but like it just led to a lot of fun different stories like you had like spidey with cosmic powers fighting magneto and fighting gravitron and um the the goliath like all these like cosmic powered avenger threats and x-men threats and and um they're just i i just think they're great stories i mean just something different you know it's not the same old same old you know yeah
1: yeah those are good ones you know um what was the uh, onslaught story where uh where spider-man becomes cosmic and takes on the sentinels
0: well, he's not constant. Well, no, no. Um, that's not for Onslaught. That's the end of Acts of Vengeance. Oh, he- is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like the final chapter. Is like when he goes full Captain Universe, and he like has like the blue and white suit and everything. But the, why this, am I the-
1: mixing those up?
0: Well, he does fight Sentinels in Onslaught, um, but that's like that's like towards the end of the clone saga where like he comes back and like doesn't have his powers still or is shaky with his powers and and ben riley is is spider-man but the final chapter of the cosmic is it's the it's the tri-sentinel it's like that's it,
1: the tri-sentinel
0: yeah 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 um but but you know because onslaught was like you know emanated out of x-men because that's i think onslaught was the brain of charles xavier or something like that which we're now seeing in axis for all those people who are reading the Axis event, which I I wouldn't recommend, but you might be out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I thought a lot of the other ones that are spawning out of events were kind of weak, like Siege was a little weak. and um,
0: Hero Hero Initiative, or the Heroic Age, right? Uh, Yeah. um, the, The not Spider-Man stories, but so far through uh, individual issues, first issues, I feel that the Axis Goblin and Axis Carnage stories have been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I've loved both of those.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you take this last email, Mark? Um, sure. Uh, last question is from uh, Marcus Lundqvist. Uh And Marcus just writes in, if I remember right, didn't Doc Ock, Spider-Man, kill a guy in Superior, Spider-Man number four? I'm surprised that he, that event hasn't had a bigger impact on Spider-Man and the public's view on him. Why do you think this is? Or have I missed something? <laughs> no, he has not missed something, right, Dan? <laughs> no, not
1: at all. This Mark and I have talked about this, I think, many times. Maybe not specifically that, you know, he killed a guy. Right. Um, but like, Master. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to see that reflected on, but, you know...
0: I do think, like, you know, certainly in retrospect, that whole sequence of events is kind of like a black mark on Spider-Man right now. Not because of how they dealt with it, but, like, you know, w- wasn't the whole premise... And, Dan, I, I, you know, credit where it's due. I think you're the one who pointed this out. And I was like, oh, let's just see where it's going. Uh, was that, like, this whole thing with Massacre was going to be on TV because, like, you know, he was going to sponsor... You know, he was sponsored by, like, an evil corporation or something. But then it was, like, this whole thing, like, well, did he... We, we all saw him kill some Spider-Man kill a man, but you know nobody else saw it because there were no witnesses and the cops wouldn't wouldn't own up to it. And it was kind of like, oh wait, that just kind of debunks the whole story, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like last minute. They're like, wait a minute, we can't actually have him do that because that would have huge ramifications on the world. Um yeah. So now it's this c- quietly boxed up thing that's trying to be ignored. Yeah. Um, when it should be this big thing, like. Like, even if Peter didn't do it, like, Spider-Man, the character Spider-Man, did it. He murdered someone. Yeah. You know? And um, as much as that makes Jonah happy, um, you'd think that the world would be a little more terrified of him.
0: Oh, just speaking of Jonah, really quickly, I just want to throw out there that um, at um, Papa Jonah's Pizza right now just has a brand new flavor. It's got crunched up Fritos on it. So I don't know if you saw that, Dan. Have you seen the the new Papa Jonah commercials out in California? No.
1: <laughs> you better be making this up.
0: No, I'm not making this up. Pa- Papa, Papa John slash Jonah pizza, at least here in New York, has commercials for her. it's. A, my, my wife literally, like, retched when she saw it. Um, I thought you pizza. were just making this whole thing up. No, yeah, it's a pizza with crunched up Fritos on it. And That's like ground disgusting. That's disgusting so when i saw that commercial i was like oh you know we got to get papa jonah in on this because we know we know that papa jonah is is ahead of the trend so you know
1: are they able to say that's fresh ingredients
0: those are very fresh ingredients have you (laughs) so 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 get your get your frito pie from papa jonah's today good ingredients Papa Jonas. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! All right. Well, on that disgusting note, uh, um, th- I'm gonna retch in a minute. Uh, let's let's talk about donations and subscriptions. Stand
0: a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, go correct ever greater. We can show you how to win. We- Along with the song of the merry marble marching society, if you groan, if you groan, with the dour sour sour of the you howl, if you moan, you can lose your sour truck, but keep me
1: trim and in step
0: with the rhythm of the of the merry marble marching society. Yes, hopefully, uh, you know you're not donating uh, Papa John's Frito Pizza to us. <laughs> Um, because now is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the friendly neighborhood spider talk members club this week we don't have any new members but we do want to thank uh nile pitts and tom aiello for their additional donations
1: you guys are so great you just keep giving i uh, mark and i can't thank you guys enough um so, like we do on each episode, we assign a member a number and randomly decide who gets what free digital comic from us. We're giving away seven awesome comics, including Amazing Spider-Man number 9 and Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider-Man number 6 and Superior Foes and Spider-Verse Team-Up and All-New X-Men and Edge of Spider-Verse. we got all these books to give away. I'm not going to go through who got each one. Just check your emails if you're a member. And uh, and you'll receive your prize.
0: Yes. And if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club uh, and support our show and be entered into drawings like these, please go to both of our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Uh, I, I think I've reached my quota in saying it today, Dan. I'm not going to beg you for more. Okay. Instead, I'm
1: going to urge us to start talking about some spider news.
0: All right, Dan, are you ready this summer to renew your vows? I have never been married in the first place. Oh, well, you know, technically renewing your vows is not like a legal thing. So, you know, that's so that's to indicate that Peter and Mary Jane are still married because that's what we're seeing in, as part of these summer teasers that we've been getting from Marvel. We talked about this last episode with Civil War and we've seen things for like Days of Future Past and, and you know, Hulk Future Imperfect and Planet Hulk. And this all seems to be tied into Secret Wars, although we're also getting this teaser that in the spring, everything ends. Ooh. Um, yes. And, Mark, and, and do you for- buy it? Do you buy it? Do I buy that everything ends? Do I buy that they're going to do a new Fifty Two reboot? No,
1: I don't either. But like, they're you know, if I was going to believe this, this would be the, this would be the time. But I I don't think Marvel would do it.
0: Dan, have you been reading Avengers lately? No, I haven't. Um, I, I I had kind of given up on the book uh, last summer, and you know, through through the urging of some people, I, I started reading it again, and you know. Basically, the theme of Avengers right now is all like parallel worlds and, and what they're calling incursions, which is like the Illuminati. Which, for those not familiar, it's the um, it's kind of like the, the Marvel Secret Society that consists of like Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, um, uh, Black Panther, uh, Black Bolt. You know, kind of like the the leadership of all the different sects, uh, and they kind of meet independent of all of their different. Um, interests to come up with ways to save the world (laughs) um and uh this was introduced during bendis's run on avengers but anyway um what they're dealing with right now what they're calling these incursions which is essentially like these parallel earths are colliding with ours and and the illuminati is deciding to like destroy these worlds before these incursions occur so clearly that's going to have some very huge ramifications, right? Wouldn't you say, Dan? I would imagine so. You know, they're destroying planets, you know, or, or, or dimensions, I guess you would call, timelines. Um, so where I'm going with all this is, I, you know, in terms of this and, and renew your vows and everything ends, is I wonder if, you know, something, some big button is going to be hit in, in the spring and all the books are going to kind of like Age of Apocalypse style, like open up in a new timeline. Hmm. So, that's the, that's the,
1: be, the that's, better. Have we been living in the dark timeline?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, this is Abed's dark, dark timeline right now. Um, <laughs> we all have goatees.
1: <laughs> I mean, I just want to see Peter back with Mary Jane and having a child. Like, I saw that image and I was like. Are they trolling me now? Because this is exactly what I want.
0: I think the, I think all of the major Marvel books are going to open up in different times. And then something will inevitably happen and everything is going to be reset back. But I don't think that the whole continuity is going to be rebooted a la DC. I think Marvel has too much pride in not doing that. But but doing this where it's like, did you, did you read Age of Apocalypse in the 90s, Dan? No, I did not. But you know, you know the general concept, right? Sure, yeah. It's like you know, like the, and like Marvel just like literally like gave everyone a heart attack, pulled the plug on X Men for four months, and 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 did and, and did this alternate timeline. I think that's what they're going for here. That's my prediction. You can you can put that on the board, Dan. All right.
1: Well, so that's your theory about this whole thing. You have thoughts about it, Dan? Beyond beyond not wanting to be trolled. I guess you're right. I don't really have any thoughts about it. I mean, other than, like, strange wish fulfillment. Like, I was like, oh, remember on the episode, the past episode, where I discussed that I really wanted Spider-Man's world to have consequence and to keep growing and developing? This is what it would look like. And I'm like, that's too good to be true. Uh, So, and it wouldn't be arrived at naturally. Right. Um, I mean, but, it's but, cool to see that little girl back again from from One More Day.
0: Yeah, but I have to think that um, this is these these stories, Renew Your Vows, and all these other ones. They're they're going to take place within this the ongoing series of the books because Dan Slott was all over that teaser, and if this was just some like other. You know, ancillary miniseries or event tie-in, one-shot, why would Slot be talking about that on Twitter, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> he had really weird timing, too, because he did it right before the announcement of all the new Marvel movies that, are, that they announced. So everybody was freaking out, like, oh, my God, that means Spider-Man is going to be in the Avengers. And then that ended up not being true, which made me really happy that I didn't report about it on my site because (laughs) I don't like reporting rumors because 99 percent of them aren't true. Um, But uh, everybody was assuming that. And then when it didn't happen, they were like, well, then what was he talking about?
0: Yeah. So
1: clearly this is that. Um,
0: So what other news do we got, Dan?
1: Well, actually, uh, this past weekend, uh, my girlfriend and I went to Kamikaze or Stan Lee's Kamikaze uh, here in, in Los Angeles, and uh, we got to see Stan Lee, and he sang a song to us. Oh um, boy. Which was interesting. He sang a song that he had written uh, during the war to get um, people the the parole officers to do their jobs correctly, I guess, uh, or not the parole, the payroll officers. Song, okay. uh, to do their jobs more efficiently. So he sang us this, this long song. And I'll tell you what, for a guy who's over 90, Stanley is like the most active person ever. I don't know how he does it. Um, but he was super cool. He just like moseyed on out there. He had a members only jacket on.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then we went to a panel, and it was a panel for the 20th anniversary of the Spider Man the animated series show um and everybody was there uh the entire cast pretty much was there um which is really neat i got to meet all them but then they announced a couple new things so first off the cast is all getting back together with the writer of the show to create a new show called rocket men that they're going to be uh i think kickstarting pretty soon um so that's pretty exciting but more spider-man oriented and I don't know when this is going to get started. I actually reached out to the writer to see if uh, he wanted to come on the show and talk more about this. So I'm hoping to get him on our show here in a couple weeks. Um, uh, they're launching a new Spider Man podcast that it should explain all of the questions you might have about the animated series, um, I guess 20 years later. Um, and uh, so that was really interesting. Uh, Mark, did you watch that show when it was on the air?
0: I didn't. I'm sorry.
1: No? Well... It was a little past
0: my cartoon time.
1: Well, it was right dead square in my cartoon time, and uh, I think it was a large contributing factor to my love of Spider-Man as a young child. Um, and I guess it started when I was eight, but...
0: Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was in my teens at that point, so I was getting into... Like, I mean, this is not me... Diminishing this. This sounds really cool. I mean, it was just like one of those things. Like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm 15. Cartoons are stupid. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the crazy things about that show is, and I don't know how much you know about this, Mark, but in like towards the end of the fi- like you know the last season, Mary Jane had like the whole Green Goblin bridge sequence yeah. done with her, and he drops her off the bridge, and she fell just like I guess um, like Black Cat did in the comics. Through a portal. Um, she just a random portal opened up and swallowed up Mary Jane. And, uh, and everybody was like, well, what the heck just happened? And then um, she came back um, in the next season and she and Peter got married and all this stuff. But then in the final episode of the show, it's revealed that Mary Jane was not Mary Jane. She was a Hydro Man Recreation So like this water being Mary Jane Which you'd think Peter would have noticed Um, And she evaporates Before Peter's eyes In this horrifying scene I mean it's kind of emotional Because she's like I think the real Mary Jane is still out there And loves you But this woman that you had like Become associated with Was just a water being Recreation It was terrifying to me as a child. I'm sure. And then the show ends seeing Mary Jane just plummeting through this psychedelic portal calling out for Peter. And I I asked the, the writer of the show about this and he said, well, they had hoped for another season and they thought by ending it on this cliffhanger, it would assure that they would bring them back for another season. And that ended up not being the case. So, me, traumatized as a child, uh, never saw Peter reunite with Mary Jane. So, um, I guess that's some of the information that you could hope to get from this podcast, I would hope, that they're going to address these things. But uh, anyway, something something traumatizing from my past, Mark.
0: Yes, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of cancellations, what's, what's going to be canceled soon, Dan?
1: Well, speaking of cartoons... Um, yeah. You know, Ultimate Spider-Man, this cartoon that I had a lot of hopes for. Seeing the uh, trailer for it, I was... I love me some Ultimate Spider-Man. And uh, so Ultimate Spider-Man, which is now doing its Web Warriors arc, will be canceled after season three. Um, which, um, you know, might bring some people some joy, weirdly enough. Because people were really upset when it uh, replaced Spectacular Spider-Man three years ago. Which was a great show. Um so yeah there's that. I've not watched Ultimate Spider-Man. I've heard not so great things about it. Um and maybe that's why it's getting canceled.
0: All right. I got to watch some cartoons, dude.
1: <laughs> Me too, I guess. Oral
0: of the story.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, I guess that's all the news that we really have this week. Um let's go and talk about uh this classic comic, at least classic to you and I Mark. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2 Number 30 I'm coming home
0: I'm coming home Tell the world I'm coming home Let the rain Wash you all right dan amazing spider-man number 30 volume two the opening arc of the storyline known as coming home the uh, which is the first arc done by j michael straczynski and john romita jr and and, and boy is this uh is this comic kind of like an oasis in a desert for spider-man fans when you think about uh what what we got preceding that i mean you know no disrespect to howard mackie uh, and the work that he did and John Byrne for a long time uh, in the volume two reboot. But, um, yeah, JMS and JRJR JR just kind of brought a whole new verb and energy to this comic. And, uh, you know, what we're going to do uh, for the duration of um, Spider-Verse is I feel we're, we're going to talk about each individual issue in this arc as our classic issue reboot. Uh, re- uh, retro. And, I, and I, I, I'm going to have fun with this because it's one of my favorite stories of all time, Dan.
1: It is definitely one of my favorite Spider-Man stories of all time. I would put it maybe even my top three. Um, if you've not read this, go out and buy issue 30 and follow along with us or read the whole thing so that we don't spoil anything for you. Um, but if you've not read these what five issues, boy, you've got an awesome story coming your way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what's what's interesting is so you know Straczynski comes on. And Straczynski, of course, at this point, I mean, this, he's a, very much a celebrity within this kind of industry. You know, he had Babylon Five to his credit uh, and, and, and and a lot of other stuff. I mean, you know, this guy was a powerhouse, and and you know he he definitely takes a brand new approach with Spider Man. But like he, I, I feel like certainly in the beginning, like he he does so in a way that where it's still kind of true and honors the character. Like, you know, there's this whole sequence in the very beginning of this issue where there's kind of like this ongoing Peter, like monologue, or or it's really of a dialogue with himself. He's conversing with himself and, and it's funny and it's clever and it's fast paced and there's a banter to it, but it doesn't feel like forced or, or out of character. Like, and, and, and like to me, like, that was like the indication that Straczynski was writing Spider-Man, but he wanted to write Peter Parker.
1: Yeah. I love how this book opens with almost a meta narrative uh, about the book itself. You know, Peter says he's like going through tough times and it will get better. And that's exactly what happened to the amazing Spider-Man itself. It was probably at its one of its lowest points. And this Like you said, it it, it was an oasis. It's just a shot in the arm right away, and like, but not in a way that we would you would typically expect a shot in in the arm to occur in comics. You know, especially in the '90s, um, when you know it was just reintroduce a new big character or redesign something to try to sell books. Here, like the shot in the arm like you just said is the characterization of peter and and jms takes his time he spends a whole page on a gag about a building
0: falling down yeah yeah no i mean it, it's it it's it's funny because you know we, we this is the issue that starts off with all the the spider totem and mysticism um which is you know when you when you look at it at its you know basic tenets is very dramatic i mean it's a very dramatic status quo ship but it doesn't feel this isn't clone saga or you know onslaught or something where like it feels like we're just trying to tear down this universe to, for for sales like like it's just like like this is this is somebody who comes in it's like i want to tell a new kind of story i want to bring it he brings in new characters we have Morland. we have ezekiel uh for the first time and it's like like you said, this is so atypical in terms of how you would reboot something and it, 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 like and to this day like you know, if you hear me struggling with words, it's just because it kind of blows my mind how great this ended up being,
1: yeah, well, speaking of characters, one of the most prominent characters in this book, and i I, I think you know other writers have tried to do this but i think no one does it better than jms and uh john romita jr is that new york is a character in this book uh new york is the place and it very much impacts peter and uh and his life and i love that especially someone well you live in new york i lived there like it feels like new york
0: yeah i i I feel like just knowing the the, the biographies of, of the creators a bit, that that might have a lot to do with Ramita, because I mean Ramita is definitely I mean he's a, I think what a Queens kid, um, and even like his work on like like Kick Ass and stuff like that is kind of based on the neighborhood. Is he, he he likes kind of layering that into his artwork. I mean it's Straczynski's script too, but like I I mean this was this was such a great marriage of creators, Straczynski and J.R.J.R., Right.
1: Yeah, I would I would say it rivals um, J.R. J.R. and uh, Roger Stern, and J. Uh, and John Romita Sr. and Stan Lee. Like I would put those three pairings as the best pairings in
0: Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I I would actually put this over Stern and J.R. not not in terms of the overall quality because I think Stern was a better writer and had better stories than Straczynski, but in terms of like each person's because i i feel like at this at this stage in the game ramita was more polished and more confident like i mean i've read interviews with ramita where he kind of talks about ramita didn't really feel comfortable start feeling comfortable as an artist until like the late 80s when he started doing daredevil with Senti. because that was when he was finally like allowed to start doing like breakdowns and stuff like that um so um you could just tell that he's that there's just a lot more confidence from from him on the art, art side than what we had in the because you know there were some weird things during the Stern run like some inconsistencies with the character. I always think of Peter and the muscle Tee during the Hobgoblin run. Do you remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. How could you forget?
0: <laughs> um, and 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 you know, like I said, Stern's stories were better, but. Um, I mean, in terms of m- matching together two two creators, this is this is yeah, this is up there with Ramita Senior and and Stan Lee to me.
1: I I don't even know like that. I think like I think these stories are on level with Stern's stories. I think JMS's run is solid a little bit when we get to the
0: later stuff. Well, that's it. It it, it, it you know maybe if his run was as short as Stern's, we would say it surpassed it. But yeah, you can't. You can't ignore the latter stages of that run. You know? I mean,
1: in a modern context, this might be my favorite Peter to read. Um, I mean, nobody will ever beat out Stan Lee's voice for Peter. Like, right. that's the voice I imagine. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to update it for modern comic sensibilities, like, I don't think Peter gets better written than this.
0: I mean, Dan, you were you were reading these comics as they were coming out, right? Yes, because this was this, – the, the early 2000s was kind of like my dark ages for comics. I didn't start coming to it until like the middle stages of Straczynski's run. And of course I went back and got these issues and was like, oh my god, this guy is amazing. I, but, I
1: think my first one that I got was the 9-11 issue um, because I, I, heard, I heard about it. And then that was like, wow, this is good because I had stopped with the Clone Saga. And then I started picking them back up again and filling in that gap.
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, I'd just be curious for someone who was, like, enduring Howard Mackey and, and the run that preceded it and then opened this comic up for the first time. You know? Yeah,
1: that was not me. I had given up uh, around maximum clonage.
0: That's a, that seems to be the, the the tipping point for a lot of people. <laughs> I just
1: couldn't – like we've said before, I just couldn't afford it anymore and it wasn't worth it to me. So I started reading, like, Wolverine comics. <laughs> Which feral, I don't know if that's any better.
0: Feral Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, right with the bone claws. Um. So, um, we get Peter in high school here, like, like kind of like this going back to my old school riff, right? Which I think was just really awesome.
1: Can I can I make a point about this? Something that maybe I haven't expressed on the show before.
0: <laughs> you can make as many points as you want, Dan.
1: Okay, it really bugs me, and we even saw this. Um, uh. In the Tom DeFalco, uh, like, small writing for the Marvel 75th Celebration issue, right. when you see um, Harry, uh, Peter, Gwen, and Mary Jane, and Flash all hanging out, like, in high school, but yeah, they didn't well, go to high school together.
0: Didn't they all go to Riverdale together with Jughead and Archie? and
1: Yeah, well, I, there seems to be this retroactive continuity of wanting that. But they met in college, and they weren't friendly, you know? Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And Mary Jane only met them after they became friendly. So, like, you'll see various interpretations of this based on different writers. But, like, it's strange to me that nobody knows that, like, they didn't go to high school together. I guess there's, like, the whole, like, movie timeline infringing on the comics. I, I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. Comics.
1: It, bo- it bothers me. I mean, not that much, but it's something that I'm like, come on. I wish someone would just get this right.
0: Yeah. No, I don't disagree. It's just, you know. Yeah.
1: This is like my lettering anger.
0: Yes. Well, <laughs> it's legitimate, but it's also 13 years in the past. Okay. I'm not
1: of- angry about it, but when I reread it, ah. I'm like, "Ah, oh, come on.
0: Um. So, of course, the two big introductions in this issue are Moreland and Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel kind of freaks uh, Spider-Man out because he refers to him as Peter right away and has, like, the speed and agility of Spider-Man, which is pretty cool, right?
1: And the wall stickingness
0: Don't forget yes. that. Yes. And and then Ezekiel is the one who poses the – what does he call it? The $5 million question or, or the million-dollar yeah. question or – it's a big question, which is, you know – when did you get your powers? And Peter's like, I was bitten by a radioactive spider. And he's like, ah, but is but, that when you got your powers? And it's like, I don't know. For me, reading that for the first time, I was like, mind blown. I love that. Like, what I, I love w-
1: What I love about it is that JMS just gets it right out of the way. He's like, this is going to be what my run is about.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's a great premise and, and one that had not been explored before.
1: And I have a really long-form article on my site, which I'll put a link to right here, discussing the whole story. Plug, plug, plug. Well, it's a good article that I spent a lot of time on. So, I mean, not yeah. that you have to read it. I just think if you want to know more about it, you can go there. Um, and I
0: do not have an article on that topic. No. Uh, I, I, I talk about this arc a lot, though. So. Yeah. So throw that in your linkage. Uh,
1: okay. Part. Well, then I'll do that, too, right here. <laughs>
0: Anyway um, And then Moreland of course Who is not in Victorian garb As you like to note right
1: I, I will like to note that He is in an all black suit And uh, is like near death
0: um, Yeah he's definitely more of a vampire here I mean like I, I feel like whenever I describe Moreland I say he's vampiric But here he just seems like a vampire
1: Yeah so l- I just wanted to get it on the record That like Moreland does not wear Renaissance garb because he like – that's how his people dress. He wore it because that's the costume they could find to fit him. Um, j- just like I said, Jedi's don't wear hoods. They only wear hoods because Obi-Wan wear it to blend in and Tatooine. But what are you going to do? Uh,
0: <laughs> the Force Awakens, Dan.
1: retroactive (laughs) rewriting of a character but you know what that happens with all the villains so
0: yes it does it It, does but Moreland is 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 wonderfully creepy here he is wonderfully
1: creepy and he eats a german superhero
0: right which is you know again tying into what you were saying and retroactive and whatnot i mean you know it's not it's not necessarily about spider totems but Uh, you know, it's more just about superhero totems, right? I mean, like, that kind of seems to be what he's going for.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I never understood. I mean, I don't really understand why they're all of a sudden they need to get all these things. I'm hoping that, like, this whole, like, the other and the bride thing clears it up, and I'm sure it will, but, um, yeah. Um, Again, character's not written that way in this issue, but... I mean, you know what? You could use a little bit of flushing out because we hear he's really just a powerful dude that eats superheroes. So not that original altogether, you know? Yeah. But,
0: you know, he proved it. Straczynski and Ramita prove it here. You know what I mean? We'll end up proving it. I mean, yeah. we'll get to that in 31.
1: <laughs> well, let's. here's something that I want to talk about um, that – Is my favorite part of this story And it's not just because I was a teacher um, But like I think Peter Parker becoming a high school Teacher is Absolutely The appropriate uh, Like next job for this character Um, And here We see the beginnings of as he returns To his high school and sees a boy Just like him getting bullied And I love the casual dismissal that the other teacher gives to it, um, because that storyline will end up echoing um, uh, uh, Peter Parker's own journey in this story. The idea that, like, you know, uh, that th- these people need to stand up and prove their power or whatever, and and that takes a, tr- a tragic turn later on, as we'll discuss. But. Um, it's just wonderful character building and, and really appropriate use for Peter Parker. I am still don't know that I buy him as like a major scientist more than I bought him as a teacher.
0: Yeah, I mean I guess the only flip side is – and don't get me wrong. I think this is a great stage and, and you know, it also kind of ties into the fact that Straczynski – Straczynski is like I feel one of the few Spider-Man writers who liked writing Peter as an adult. You know, like, like you know, he had adult problems. You know, adult job. You know, being a teacher is an adult job. Having a marriage that's on the rocks is an adult issue. Uh, and it's it's, just, you know, the, with all of that, um, it's so funny to me
1: because the book was selling really well, and um, the, it was being written so well as an adult Peter that they felt like they needed to undo that. It's like the one time it was getting done right.
0: Yeah, well, that I mean, we get into that. I yeah. mean that's Yeah. Um but <laughs> um but what I was going to say is I mean, you know, the only the only kind of catch to that in terms of him and that job is that you know, at least with like a job like Horizon or something, like the fact that Peter is constantly like coming and going and is kind of unreliable, like you know, if he's just kind of a dude who locks himself in a lab all day? Hypothetically, like that's understandable. I mean, when you're when you're teaching in uh, you know New York City school or public school or any kind of school, you know the, there are certain things that are expected of you in terms of being there in front of your class every day. You know what I mean? Like and 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 that I don't ever feel like you know we deal with Peter being unreliable in that, but like we we, we you know at least in this in in this arc we don't really see I guess the ramifications of you know peter like losing his job right away right I
1: yeah mean. yeah yeah i i do agree with you it was problematic for the long term um but here it's i think it's just wonderful and, and as a teacher i would reread this storyline over and over again like if i ever was feeling down about my my profession and what, whether i was doing a good enough job um i i would reread this every now and again and it would really like remind me what i was there for and 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 peter the character of peter parker has done that for me in many different realms and it was nice to see professionally that he could do that as well
0: definitely well dan i'm gonna look forward to talking about this whole arc with you as we go along because this is like i said this is one of my favorites and i think that kind of like with spider-verse here this is a lot of setup in this issue but it, it, it gets even better from here
1: yeah absolutely one of my favorites so uh look forward to that
0: the, i was to say probably one of the best spider-man fights with Moreland, right
1: um one, yeah one of the best spider-man fights not just with more Moreland.
0: well i mean like spider-man villain fights his Moreland fight in in, in this arc
1: oh know? yeah oh yeah one of the best fights uh, ever
0: yeah yeah
1: completely agreed um well great so i guess it's time to say goodbye mark
0: uh so so many tears and so many so much sorrow.
1: Well not too much sorrow. We'll see, we'll see you guys real soon. But in the meanwhile, you can find all of our new amazing spider talk and old superior spider talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching amazing spider talk. And if you do, please make sure to leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll make sure to read it on the air as we've done today. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions, email them to us at amazingspidertalk at gmail dot com, and we'll address and read them on the air. We um we get all these emails about like you know our reviews of these comics, but they're always like a couple weeks late, and it doesn't feel appropriate to read them on the show. But if you like you know have an immediate reaction to something that we've said and want to you know argue with us about it, like we're happy to like address criticism or people who agree with us and and read it on the air, you know, to support our different points. So that could be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So send those in amazing spider talk at gmail.com. Also be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superior spider talk and facebook.com slash chasing amazing. Both of these are great places to keep up with us in between shows Uh, That's where Dan and I will put up our articles that we've written. Uh, Dan will throw up some news. I'll throw up a news tidbit here and there uh, about Spider-Man. And it's just in general a great place to get get in touch with us. Also, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider-Talk Members Club that helps support our show.
1: Mark, where can we find you on the Internet?
0: Well, you can, of course, find me at Chasing Amazing at www.chasingamazingblog.com. You can find me on Twitter, at ChasingASMblog, and uh, you can find my other comic book writing on the internet at ComicBook.com, and at Comics Should Be Good. And Dan, how about you? Yeah, you
1: can follow me on Twitter at at DanGavazdan, or my Spider-Man Twitter account, at SupSpiderTalk. And uh, you can read all of my Spider-Man writing on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. We're in the middle of Spider-Verse, obviously, so there's a lot of activity going on over there. And, um... You can also read my movie reviews at grindmyreels.com Mark, uh, we don't have an Uncle Ben Spider-Man yet, which I thought we would get through this Spider-Verse
0: crossover I've heard rumors about Old Man Spider
1: Yeah, yeah, he is, they did have that weird line about not revealing who he is yet Which yeah. I thought was really odd
0: um, So, it's, So as maybe my Uncle Old Man Spider I would say can we go there? Yeah, I think we could go there. Oh, so you know, with, with great podcasts there must also come amazing spider talk.